fellas, don't drink that coffee. Guys, I'll see you later. What's up, John? Hey, nothing. I just was just ready to uh, to listen to the log. I was so I was sober at nine, but it's ten twenty four. <laughs> That's like the first podcast that I was ever on <laughs> with you guys. That's like every podcast I've ever been on. It's been like <laughs> Dallas we, we goes put it off now, and I can yeah. like barely talk. Dallas is like, oh, uh, hey, hey, podcast at nine, and I'm like, cool, and then I crack a beer at nine, and then he, <laughs> at eleven o'clock, like uh, two six packs later, he's like, hey, I'm set up, and I'm like, welcome back to the show, David Lynch. I don't know anything about anything. So Wait, Dallas, we've been recording these. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Dishing the Percolator. This is a podcast about Twin Peaks. We are dishing part five of Showtime's Twin Peaks, The Return. Guys, welcome back. Thanks, buddy. Um, Thanks for having us. What did you think of this? Uh, it's not an episode. It's a part. What did you think of this part? Um, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. And when it ended, I thought, well, not much happened. <laughs> but then the next day I thought, oh, but so many things were tied up. Sure. I felt like uh I felt like it was a lot of things were connected through this episode. I liked the fake ending where um anytime we yes. go into the roadhouse in the last like three episodes, it's like that's the end of the episode. And so I was like, Okay, that that was it. Did it seem short? They've all seemed short, and then it was not the end. Um so I liked being faked out in a way. Yeah. And, and I like that. Uh, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I like that uh, squeaky, orgasmic, crazy sax that was going on that yeah. whole time. That that kid playing the like really <clears throat> like low-sounding guitar is uh, David Lynch's son, actually. Mm. That's Riley Lynch, one wow. of David Lynch's kids. And maybe I'm just getting old, but I was like, "Look at those children up there!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really felt like they were they were like in, this is like period two, uh, crazy jazz at the high school at Twin Peaks High School. It, yeah, it was kind. Of, I was like, that kid's not old to have a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. I think he's in his early early twenties, so I think he's old enough. But yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought the episode overall, let's be honest, really bad, and uh, they just keep getting worse. So what are we doing? <laughs> I just want to see how mad I can get Sean in the no, first you ten can't, minutes. I, you, <laughs> you have to understand that I, if you hate this, I don't care. But people are in for whatever reason, people are invested in what you think of this show, Dallas. Well, so- here's what's funny to me, <laughs> is that I 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I hate it. Okay. And you hate it right now. And I can't not watch it. Yeah. That's like, cool. I have to see what the next episode is. <laughs> I will tell you, I'm abs- that absolutely describes, I was telling my friend today that uh, I was saying, there are times when I'm so bored, I'm screaming at the TV saying, yeah. why am I watching him win another jackpot? I've <laughs> seen seven already. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to turn off the TV because... no. I would sooner hurt myself with glass <laughs> than not know what happens next. Like if, because it's one of those things where like you're going to turn it off and then the entire series will be answered in the next five minutes. <laughs> this, and you missed it. This episode to me was like such a, a like really acute example of how can he be so good? Because there's two scenes in this that I like think are just like all time great, which is the like point of view shot of Amanda. Is it safe read? Is I don't know how you say her name. After she does a line of Coke where I've like, I've never seen this before and it's beautiful and original. And like, it looks like it was directed by a guy who's like 21 He's showing us something like I've never seen before. And then the other thing is like the when when Bad Coop makes that phone call and the alarms are setting off, like it's so well executed. And in the same freaking episode, you have uh Truman's wife going on and on about like that scene just oh, goes God. on for so long, and you're like, how is the same director making this one episode? It's so yeah. frustrating what he what we know he can do, and you just feel like he's messing with us. But like, I have to just give him credit because the other stuff is so good that like it's all on purpose for whatever reason. The jackpots, that, it's all on purpose. Yeah, that that wife was an example of of exact. I, I felt the same way. Yeah, I. It's one of those things where I, I know he doesn't audition people. I know he just meets them. Um, but to make someone have to say what she said and then have somebody who, forgive me, I just thought, I mean, acting's hard work, but that I did not think she was skillfully navigating that uh, at all. But there is some authentic, authenticity that I think he must have felt. Or why do we even need to see that except to like – feel for the sheriff more maybe again we haven't seen ed i haven't yeah, seen man, ed it's killing me why are it's we seeing me. this <laughs> i mean we finally uh we finally saw we saw nadine we finally saw nadine we finally saw okay yeah uh, that's shelly and and well we'd seen shelly but what uh we saw norma is, Norma, so thanks. That's the name I couldn't think of. Okay, wait. I, so Dallas, I have but, a question because one one big payoff for me was 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 Riff. Was your boy Riff? <laughs> I I freaking loved the Jacoby scene. I ate it up. Ate it up. Ate it up. That was like I just thought it was fantastic. Payoff with shovels was so funny. Um, but I thought of you. Obviously, the the moment we see him go into his whole like video podcasting thing, I, I thought of you, and I want to know what you thought of Doctor Amp. Um. Well. <clears throat> huh. Um. <laughs> here's here's a here's a thing. Here here here's the thing about that scene. I was uh, happy, and then immediately disappointed. Why? Sorry, not immediately. 
disappointed at the end. I get what you're saying, and I think it was like a funny payoff, like such a like we talked about why he was spray painting those shovels for yeah. f- like flipping, you know, at least twenty minutes of this podcast so far. Not this one, but you know, of the episodes we've done so far, there's been like twenty minutes devoted to why he's painting those shovels like that. And I think again, it's just David Lynch effing with all of us that we're like eating into that so much, and then it's this stupid, dumb thing that I have to go, why did I waste 10 minutes of my life thinking about this only for this to happen? Now, if Riff was just like a crazy, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Art Bell. Like, I thought he was going to be like this crazy Art Bell, George Norrie kind of late night, has a weird radio show where he just spouts off crazy stuff. Like that's what I thought was going to happen. And I was like, Oh, I love that. Like, that's such a really funny idea for him to be like, he's this crazy guy who never had the opportunity to have a voice, but now he has a voice. Um, and then the payoff with the buying the shovels thing was just kind of a letdown for me. I don't know, man. I, I just, I disagree in a show where it seems like, we analyze every little thing. Uh, to me, this was the flashlight in episode in part one, where it, like it started like strobing. It's like them having fun with this. Wow, you know what I mean? Because it's like I love the shovels because the even like as as a podcast we talk about like what does it mean every little thing, and I love that this just this is all this means. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we're gonna analyze. Every, I mean, there's so many things in this episode to get to all the stuff in Argentina and it's like, you know, the show is going to be so picked apart forever. I loved that this one paid off in the way that it did, but that's just, I'm somewhere between you guys. Uh, I, I loved how he looked. I thought his outfit was so great. (laughs) Uh, I love that he was, he dived into this speech and then they would kind of get a wider shot and you could see that he was, he had like handwritten it in this giant, (laughs) It looked like a giant Bible. It was like the yeah, biggest yeah. journal you ever bought at the store. <laughs> um, with it, he must have written it in Sharpie or something. That stuff all killed me. Um, I think what what uh, and maybe this is just the real world kind of barging in. But w- once he got into what he was talking about, I just didn't like what he was talking about. I didn't really <clears> like sure. his his mantra, and I was getting these flashbacks to like. Alex Jones, if you know who that is, sure. yeah, yeah. hers. And but then when they got to the whole, oh, he's just selling the shovels. Yeah, I, I, I had both reactions. I went, oh, okay, that's funny, and then I went, well, that's really dumb because I watched him paint those for t- eight minutes. But <laughs> for me, but like, and, you know, I, I don't get yeah. what I want on this show, but sometimes I get what I need. But <laughs> I think, yeah. I'm hoping that even though it seems to be a funny, silly gag, the shovels, I'm hoping that then they will play some amazing role in all of this. Sure. Uh, hey, knows? John, can I give you a spoiler alert? Yeah. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hey, John, transitioning from, from that, I'm curious what you thought about the uh, the Cooper scene in the beginning where um, – We've been kind of speculating. People have been speculating, like, what is the story with Bad Coop? Is Bob still there? How are they going to dress Bob? I mean, that's been the question, right? Yeah. So when he's in prison in the beginning, when he, you know, he has that line about, and now food is coming, and he gets up, he looks in the mirror. I'm curious, like, this has been one of the biggest question marks for me 
when they said that we're going to come back and do the show, how are they going to address this problem with Frank Silva having, you know, died in the mid nineties. So what was your reaction to that scene where we see this is how they're going to address, or at least for now, Bob still being a part of the show. I, uh, I loved it. I had to kind of rewind it and see if I was really seeing what I thought I saw. Sure. And I thought if you're going to do it, that's the way to do it. Um, I don't know if I would have flashed back to the evil Bob, evil Coop laughing for that long, but uh, it's definitely disconcerting. And what's still a little hard for me is just that I've lived all these years think living with the rules that the original twin peaks seem to set up, which is Bob inhabits a human. And so for the very last episode to that's what we were left with, like Bob got into him and then he left. But now we see that Bob has left inside this doppelganger that was created, I guess when he entered and so, essentially, you've got two characters in there now. But I thought if you were going to bring Frank Silva back, like, that's the way to do it. Like, sure. you, you use the iconography of looking in the mirror. You use some computer effects to kind of have his face shift in a way that's going to, uh, you know, bring up his his facial features. I thought I, I thought that was great. Cool. Um, I, I was down with the evil Coop journey in this. And I don't know if you want to go, like, location by location or story by story um but uh his journey from that to his phone call uh i thought was really um really cool in the way that it hooked up with um the guys in uh rosa Ro- Ro- what, what is the name Ranch, of that housing Ran- yeah, yeah rancher rosa Ranch we rosa. talk about that for a minute hey is, is that it, is this sign is this sign cgi have you noticed that the sign looks... It doesn't look like it's... Maybe I'm wrong. Whenever they show the sign, it looks like it's not a real sign. It looks like a computer-generated sign. It's like the first thing we see, I think we see in the show. So, like I said, yeah, those there's, those hitmen were hired. It seems like Bad Cooper. Or apparently... I mean, so, yeah. So, this, the episode starts out where we see the sign. We see the two hitmen who were hired to, to put the hit on on good cooper and then they call but see they're hired to kill dougie i think so see i disagree i think they're hired I to kill. Thought, but i think originally we're led to believe that they're because we don't get a lot of info up front so but, i thought oh oh they're 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 gonna kill dougie because he owes money but see something. i i had mentioned actually in the last podcast i that i thought that that bad cooper when he says I've got a plan for that one. That this was part of his plan. So the way well, I, I read this, whole, yeah, based yeah. on this episode, I think that's super clear now. Yeah, the way I read this was okay. Well, what do we know about Argentina? We know that that's where Philip Jeffries was. That's the last place we we see Philip Jeffries. He comes back in Firewalk with me in the in the missing pieces from Philadelphia, and he's sent back to Buenos Aires. So yep. when I saw this woman who her phone says she's in Argentina. I'm guessing that that's what's happening here, that this is all, you know, we've known that Cooper, bad Cooper is talking or working with Philip Jeffries. So that's what, that's who I'm thinking she's messaging when she when on her Blackberry, she just enters the number two and we see that weird box. 
Um, yeah. You know, what, I don't know what any of that means. Dude, the way that this show is going, that box could be Philip Jeffries at this point. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, speaking of things they have to tie up, how are you going to deal with the David Bowie character not being, you know, David Bowie anymore? Well, um, I, I thought that maybe um, with the way it ends at the end, I don't know if we want to jump. No, we can because we're not really going linear. We're not going yeah, linear. Yeah. Like, so, so, so at the end, you know, Cooper makes his phone call and we can talk about that but he makes his phone call and it's ends up being to that box yeah and then the box beeps and like disintegrates or turns into a little you know jelly bean or something yeah and i thought well maybe they're both trying to contact philip jeffries but philip jeffries is not there anymore and um Evil Cooper talked to somebody that he thought was Philip Jeffries in the first episode, but wasn't. And so I, I'm I'm thinking perhaps we're going to find out. Yeah. I mean, this is a big like I, if you have a theory on this. Great. But there's there's not enough to go on. I feel like at this point with whatever's <laughs> happening. It's just no, it's no. like enough. Like Dallas said, where you hate it, but you have to keep watching. You right. know what I mean. But I so. love that scene at the end with the phone. I thought that was yeah, one of the again, that, like, yeah. crazy, thrilling things. He's doing some kind of distraction to distract from his message, which was what? The cow jumped over the moon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. No, that was, to me, again, going back to, like, what was frustrating. What's been frustrating about this show is that, the, the slow moments are slow, slow, but he's still, David Lynch, he still has it. He's still creating these, like, these scenes that are so memorable and so unique. And so, you know, it's just one of those things. And we, but we've, this isn't new. I mean, if you remember the season two premiere with the, like, five minutes of the old man just walking in and out of the room and how how pissed people were. I mean, like, we knew going into this who we were you know, signing up to watch direct. So now Dallas, how did you feel when you saw things like the mirror scene with Bob's face kind of coming out or, um, you know, uh, I'm like, I'll be honest. Like I'm not associating with most of what you guys are talking about. And I'm feeling like maybe I didn't see all of the show. Did you not? Did you not wa- watch this episode? No, I did. Like I know there was the Bob part. Okay. Like I am honestly like right, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be a jerk or make maybe, fun of it. Maybe at it's all. actually. Like, I, I, maybe it's actually better if we try to go through this in one line. Like I'll I'll skip through the stuff that I think, but that might help because we are jumping. Like I'm around. so I'm. I apologize. I'm. I'm really like know. the whole time you've been talking. I'm like, did I miss this? Like the first five minutes or something? Like I just can't. Because I remember yeah. them going to Buenos Aires. I remember that whole thing, you know, stopping there. And I remember the, like the little intercuts with like Bob and like the crazy, you know, them flashing back to the crazy scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I'm trying to connect the dots and seriously, there's like three scenes in this episode that stood out to me so much that maybe that's why I just forgot the rest of them. 
the the only thing about the Bob thing I want to say that I think is interesting is like in a show that doesn't really care to like set you up for anything or like tell you what's going on. I think it's weird that they're using the flashbacks of Bob. Like they're, I think they're really trying to be super clear about that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like did did hey hey all of you making Twin Peaks? Did you not watch the third episode of this season where it's like you didn't care what anybody knew? Like, it's just weird what they're trying to prepare people for and what they're not. So mm-hmm. I guess I just don't understand why, like, they didn't just go right into the whole, like, Cooper's face transforms. You know what I mean? I think that they want us to, like, I could see David Lynch saying, like, I want people to remember Frank Silva's face. Sure. Because I'm about to, like, give them a subtle version of it. <clears throat> sure, sure, sure. Uh, because I will say the first time I didn't quite notice it, I just noticed that his face shifted yeah i was i was and, i'm still and I had to I'm, go back and look at it again and then i went oh so yeah because i didn't like i get when that was, his, when did this happen or this is not, early it was like, in the jail cell this is like right right in the beginning of the episode and he's sitting in this jail cell and the guy says like it's time to go talk to somebody or something and so he yeah. goes, washes his hands and he looks in the mirror and then they get that weird flashback where the the two maniacs are laughing at each other yeah 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 yeah. and then he just stares in the mirror and there's this computer effect where his face shifts and it's like bob's face like stretches out from his face mm. God, you, you, you you literally could have missed it if you like got a text yeah you know what's yeah. funny is like i remember so okay so now it's all because i was confusing the this this scene with the um the phone call scene yeah mm. this is this like, is what very beginning are you talking about no but no yeah, this so is the very very beginning he, so he goes and i did <laughs> miss that little weird cgi thing but i do remember the scene you're talking about so, now, he so goes, i feel a little normal yeah it's right <laughs> it's when he's laying down and he goes and now food is coming which i loved i love that i mean yeah bad <clears throat> Coop, i think bad coop is my favorite character like it's just anytime he's on i'm like what is happening um mm. But I mean, I think they did like that to me was one of the biggest hurdles they had set up for themselves to deal with. And overall, I thought it was great. Um, Dallas, let's get to the real things we want to talk about. Like, what did you think? What did you feel when you saw freaking Mike? Oh, yeah. You love Mike. What? Now, where was he? Are you kidding me? Okay, you remember where there's a guy in an office and he's talking on the phone and then that young guy who's super high and drugged Mm -hmm. down comes in and gets fired yeah and the guy goes look this is the worst thing we've ever this is the worst application i've ever gotten that was mike no (laughs) how did you not you're killing me right now dallas you're 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 in an hour and a half late and you didn't even watch the episode i did i did no you didn't you were on your phone the whole time I will say, no. you know, he's an older guy. Like he was eighteen or something. Dude, he looks exactly the same, John. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just trying to be nice. No, don't be nice anymore, John. Let's just keep talking because Dallas is out on this one. So wait, can I go back a step before we get into Twin Peaks? Because there's a lot to talk about in Twin Peaks. Okay, you know, guys, it's just worth it's worth noting. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I want to sew up the that Rancho Rosa thing. So okay, in Rancho Rosa, we've had these two hitmen running around. They're looking for. Uh, Dougie or Coop. I don't think they know that it's good Cooper. I think they're looking for Dougie, but evil Coop has switched him out. Right? 
I like, disagree. Think I disagree. I think those dudes, like, those dudes are like, you know, all about the black lodge and everything. You think they know all that? They probably have a photo. I, yeah. I don't know if they even have a name. You know what I mean? But like, they were like, you know, just dummies. Okay. So let's, of- let's go to the woman with the like beat up face. Who's in Argentina. If this is their boss, then they're in some crazy stuff. Right. Like if if no. she reports to a like a box that can transform into a chewed up stick of gum at any time, like these dudes are not like, you know what I mean? Like they they must know a little bit because they're probably like, you know what I mean? They're, they're in some high stakes stuff. They're they're probably handsomely compensated okay. for their work. So whether or not, but there's the anyway. I was gonna say there, there's the other car. Yes. Which um, I think those guys were just looters. No, like, they were just they, they were trying to jack a car. Yeah, yeah. Um, and kids, that's what happens when you try and yeah. jack a car. Don't try to jack a car. <laughs> you um, get burned. They, get burned. But that was another interesting thing where the like the car that they were in looked really cool. I'm like, what are those guys? And then you realize, oh, they're just they're just trying to hijack a car and i actually thought that that was a like a a homing beacon you know like a like a um mm. you know i didn't think it was a bomb and then as soon as the kid got shooed away i was like oh yeah that car's gonna explode <laughs> um but yeah i don't i guess i still don't know what to make of the woman across the street with her son and if that's gonna be a thing or a drug lady it's just you know one more drug storyline because it's twin peaks so i guess yeah. everybody yeah, has to have, be on drugs or sell drugs. Uh, but it's not Twin Peaks. I'm so tired of I not know. being Twin Peaks. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. There's the parts and the parts that fe- when it feels like the old Twin Peaks, it's like I'm in heaven. But, uh, yeah, but like, well, we got a few of those. Well, let's keep going. Like, um, yeah. So like, because uh, so far it's been torturous when we're in Twin Peaks. We have the like, is it about the bunny scene? And we have... Truman and Doris, like these really drawn out scenes, but like one of Quite my portions of this week. One of my favorite moments was we went got to go back to the double R for the first time. Like that was mm-hmm. awesome. I love although it was a little depressing that Shelley and Norma still work at the double R. I know. It's so funny that they yeah, they still work there. Well Nor- still Norma still fabulous. owns it, I guess, right? Norma still owns. Sure. And what else was I Shelley won- gonna do? Uh- yeah, I mean, just I guess it depended on if she was going to kind of become her own woman or if she was going to put her hopes on whatever guy she wound up with. Yeah. So the question the question is, do you think, do you have any feelings on whether uh, Amanda Seyfried is Bobby's daughter? Dude, she or, looks or, like Bobby. I mean, I mean like, they both have those giant eyeballs yeah. and they both like, yeah, kind of. I, I, I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say it's Dick Tremaine's kid. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's one. And I, I, I didn't come up with this, but that's one theory is that Wally Brando is not Andy's kid. He's Dick Tremaine's kid, which that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> because remember, we don't know. She just decides she's like, you're the father to Andy. But like yeah. Wally Brando could very much be Richard Tremaine's son. Um, I don't know if... And so- Toad was in the diner. Yeah, but it's not Toad though. It's not like Toad. it's not Toad, the same actor. Toad was like the fat guy who yes. would just hang out in the corner. But that is the guy who was the cook, right? Am I wrong? I think I don't so. Know. Yeah. Did they call? I, I don't I know. Don't know. That's I don't a weird know one. 
That's as um, that's a that's as weird as some of the other things in the show that are really weird. But um, here's the thing: even though it was a depressing story that Shelley's giving her daughter money that she knows they're just gonna like go spend on drugs or what was so lame is that they like beg for this money and you're like, Oh, they must need it to pay the rent or something. And he's like, I'm going to take you out to a nice dinner. Yeah. But then you, so so let's talk about this. So, um, this guy's name is Steven and we were first introduced to him when we see, um, we see snake. So I don't, we can't tell what snake does, but he's got a, he's got a desk job and he's telling this kid, you know, what a, what a horrible resume that he, he filled out and stuff. And at first I'm like, is this his son? Are we going to find out that this is his son, the way he's treating him? You know what I mean? It looked like that. Yeah. But uh. then you're like, no, no, he's just, this. he's just really giving this kid a hard time. Um, so according to the credits though, this is Becky's husband, their husband and wife, because her name in the show, I think is Becky Burnett. So we know, we know that she's Shelly's daughter because of the dialogue, but according to the credits, they're married. I have a really hard time looking at this guy. He was in that movie, um, Get it's Out. Did you guys, did you see Get Out? Not yet, but I can't wait. God, it's fantastic. But he yeah, is, as an actor, is very unnerving, man. I have a hard time watching this guy. Um, I couldn't believe she was making out with him because he just looks so terrible. Dude, she married him. They are they are husband and wife, according to the credits. So, um, well, we don't know much more about Stephen, other than he is uh, he's really into drugs, and it seems like so is so is Becky. I guess Becky makes bread. I don't know. They have a lot of things they have to explain to us as as I, loyal. I was really disappointed in whatever they were doing together but but when she and i was bummed that she took the drugs because can can there please be a young character that doesn't (laughs) do that in the show but i loved what happened when she finally did i just thought it was beautiful filmmaking and it explained it explained it she married him because they're junkies together yes and when they get high she believes all that baloney that he was spewing i thought (laughs) You know, when he, when he, when she's like, did you use up all that already? And then he's like, what? And then he starts giving her all these compliments and telling her how beautiful she is. It was such a load of BS. And I thought, oh, she's going to get out of the car. She's going to punch him. But instead, she just co- totally goes for it because well, the coke dude, kicks in. And that's, I go, that's how it works. Doesn't, um, who has the line that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's either, it's Shelly says it to norma she goes we both know that tune and it's like it's that that this guy is is um hank and he's leo you know what i mean like they're just like that's that type of girl who like just goes for the total like you know not the guy who's good for her but so it's like a it's like a string of bad choices that's descended from you know is it okay to like keep going with this story thread sure so if you if you skip to the end of the episode in the roadhouse because that's the next time we go back to those characters right yeah we don't see we don't see i guess we go back to twin peaks when we go um i'm trying to see we yeah that's the next time we go back to twin peaks Actually, so no, we, got, we, we go to, we, they do the Jacoby scene, which she talked about, but then after that yeah. is where 
there in the roadhouse. So that guy in the roadhouse was so, um, revolting. Like a mini, like a mini Frank Booth, right? That is exactly what I thought. I thought this is like Frank Booth and it's not even Frank Booth in the movie. Like it's like Frank Booth in the script where he's even worse in the script where he's sucking helium and yeah, doing all that. Who's Frank Booth? He's so he's Dennis Hopper's character in Blue Velvet. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but wait, wait, thing, re- real quick, real quick, Dallas, do you remember this yeah. scene from Blue Velvet? No, in the Double R with the guy, or not the Double R, the, the Roadhouse road house with the guy smoking. Oh yeah, when the, the, with the mirror and Bob. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop. Go on. No, John. I remember. I, I totally so, remember. What we were talking so the about. band is going on. This guy is smoking. And this, uh, hold on, hold on. the way you just said smoking is the best thing ever. Uh, I don't know what just happened, but enjoy. He's smoking. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's right, though. It's that's, like if the that's mask kinda, was gay. That's how, by the way, that, that's how he was smoking. That's fair. It's, he, was no, really, that's fair. he was really going for it. He was smoking with a lot of attitude. You're right. So, so these, so the guy from the bar comes up and he's like, "You can't smoke in here." And then some other guy comes up and says, "Look, I'll take care of it." Now that other guy didn't it's, realize it at first. Chad. He's Chad. He's the <laughs> cop that was in. Yeah. Um, the cop that was in the police station that was kind of like rolling his eyeballs at Andy all the time. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. And so that guy gave him or took his pack of cigarettes but then of course there was a rolled up wad of money inside yeah so now we know okay this guy's like not only is he on the stuff but he sells the stuff or he's buying the stuff or he's paying off the cops so that they don't get in trouble you know it might be that kind of money yeah um but when these girls started talking to him and saying, like, can I bomb a smoke? Can you or do you have a light or whatever they were saying? It dawned on me that the th- a big thing that's missing for me from this iteration of Twin Peaks is like the, the vibrancy of young people. Like the first Twin Peaks series was filled with all of these completely beautiful um, out of their time, young people that were that were embodying this feeling of yesteryear. You know, you had Bobby Briggs, who was kind of the bad boy with the leather jacket, and you had Donna in her little angora sweater, um, and um, so you had all of these kind of uh, tropes and types from old movies, and these kids. The thing that made it so kind of cool and sexy back then was that you had these new, you know, early 90s kids um, embodying these old, like, 50s, 60s stereotypes. And so when she's like, can I can I bum a smoke or whatever she says, I just thought, God, that's what's missing. It's like yeah. it's missing the young blood that makes that makes it feel vital because even though you've got all these cool characters and they're super old now, which is fine. Um, but that young blood 
kind of like gave it a life. And yeah. even though I know I, I don't I can't say that I like want to watch a lot more scenes with this guy in it because he's hard to look at and his character is repulsive. I, I just thought, man, I would love to see a storyline with these guys. Like, can Amanda Seyfried become the, the person who leaves him and is solving the mystery or sure. Is one of them going to get murdered? And then the other, the others had to go together because a lot of what I loved about the original twin peaks was that idea of like, look, you were dating my best friend and we both loved her and that bond makes us connected and now we love each other and all that kind of thing. So that's, I think it's a really good point. I think in the absence of like having Cooper too, like we're super thirsty for that because like I can't like we haven't gotten into into Cooper really yet and we should but like I can't take much more of where they're going with this. I had with, a like, tough time with him this week. Like with you know Cooper. what was amazing, John, is your point last week. We were like, I want it to be like an '80s movie where he just drinks coffee and like. Do we lose someone? It might be Dallas. You still there? Yeah, he's gone. I heard a Skype. Okay, let me yeah, let, I heard let, it. let me let me hang up and see if we can get him back on. Hold on. Let me see if I can add him. <clears throat> Hold on. Sorry, everyone. Here we go. He just um, texted. Totally lost you guys. We didn't kick you off, Dallas. I swear. Let's see if this works. Hello. There he is. Okay. Dude, man, that was weird. We didn't kick you Gordon! off. Gordon! <laughs> <laughs> Hello? You didn't greet me right. Um, okay, so what I was saying was uh, what you said last week about how like it being an 80s movie where he just drinks the coffee and he's back. Um, sure. There's a couple moments in this episode where I'm like, with uh, you felt like, oh, he's going to, it's just going to happen. He's just yeah. going to like. Yeah. But I don't feel like we're getting closer at all like i it doesn't feel closer it's really frustrating to watch him be just like this vegetable and have no one notice or care um i i uh sorry i i missed whatever you guys were finishing talking about wait, with no, the smoking no. guy oh so um you were talking about what you liked about the old twin peaks and then you guys cut out oh i was just saying that what's missing for me is in the old Twin Peaks, we had young people embodying these kind of retro tropes, like oh, the okay, gotcha. Dean and all of that. And in this one, we don't really have any young people at all who are playing main characters and yeah. or, or that have any story. I thought we were going to have this great story with that guy early on, and then they both got murdered. <laughs> uh, and so I realized in this in this scene uh, that, gosh, I think. I didn't know that that's what was missing for me was the vi- whatever vitality, you know, the young and the beautiful bring to a show like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that that's a, a, a crucial element. And so, so I hope, and, I hope they become like a, an active part of the story. Yeah. And Dallas, so what I was saying was like in absence of having Cooper, like how that's just something that you're kind of like looking for. Um, and how it's just, we were just talking about how it's getting draining watching this, version of cooper like i can't watch him have to pee anymore it's just too much um just watching this one with my wife julie and the thing that i kept saying was just like i've seen this scene now four different times yeah 
in four different locations. One time it was with the hooker. The next time it was in the casino. Then it was home Dallas. with his kids. And now it's, is he gone again? I yeah. heard that boom yeah. again. <laughs> Sean, you're going to have to edit. <laughs> no, I don't want to edit. I want to post all this. While we're waiting, I'll say, I'll give Just a shout talking. out to yeah. um, one of our fans that yeah. I met my son's uh, baseball game yesterday. Um, Liz Ramsey. Or, is, or sorry, I don't know what her new last name is. It, formerly Liz Yaris. Yes. Yeah. Um, Did I lose yeah, and she now? said I was just listening to the show. Hi, Liz. We love you. Wait, where did you see Liz at? My son's baseball game because it was oh, right cool. down the street from her house, and um, they were walking by or something. Liz has been uh, she's been a, a supporter since the beginning, so we love Liz. Mm. She was one of the hey Dallas. We love Liz. Yeah, I'm not. We're not going back at all anymore. We're talking about Liz. Uh, Liz Ramsey. One of I the feel early- like so much happens in the two minutes that I'm not on this podcast. What we, but when I'm on the podcast, absolutely nothing happens. We uh, <laughs> we were just talking about uh, how much we love you, and we love your internet connection. I, I switched uh, internets. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, who do you got now? Geo, uh, GeoCities? No, no. We're going with this guy down the street. He, he paints shovels gold. Uh, <laughs> he's got a good, strong signal. Great payoff. Hey, um, um, if you get kicked off again, I'm leaving you out in the, like like uh, Cooper going through space. I'm just going to leave you. Uh, I'll just keep calling your phone. Josh Fadum <laughs> uh, makes an appearance in this episode. And he's it's the, awesome. He's funny, right? He's the guy with the glasses. Dude, he is like uh, Josh Fadum is seriously one of the funniest comedians I've ever seen perform ever. Who does he play in this? He plays the little assistant with a coffee. He's great. Ooh, he ooh. might be the best part of that whole like that whole scene that takes forever. He's so funny. But that and, and then when the guy gets the green tea latte. That was great. I will say like, I, that was so that's, funny. That's in the same episode as like some of the stuff that's so frustrating. But yes, it's such a good like David Lynch can still make these moments happen that are so great. Yeah, that oh, was really, really funny. Just the way he but starts I, smiling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so curious about what, what is Lynch and what is Frost, too. Like, I felt J- Jacoby was, for some reason, I felt like that was a lot of Frost. Um, sure. Because it seemed like one of his tropes that he likes playing with. But anyway, back to the company where he's, where Agent Cooper is again. Oh, this is what I was saying <clears throat> when we lost Dallas. I was saying I've seen this scene four or five times already. Just you know, it's like we just put Cooper in a different room and we play the same scene out. Yeah. My um, wife was saying, "What's driving me crazy is not just that; it's just that I'm tired of people not doing the logical thing, and like anyone would know that this guy is like either his meds are bad or he's." Yeah, I mean, the yeah. only thing I can think of is like maybe this is this dude is like if he's a if he's been like created. That maybe he wasn't all there to begin with. He's always been a little spacey. Yeah, like, he has these moments. Like, so, like, that Josh Fadum character says has a line where he's like, oh, are you off in dreamland again, Dougie? So, like, he may have these moments. Cause we it's don't- clear that he's, a, he's like, a boozer and a, and a, a gambler yeah. and a philanderer. Um, yeah, because what's Tom Sizemore is in this, and he's like, hey, look who's back from Bendersville. So, like... 
we don't know Dougie at all in the, like the like three minutes we got with him before he disappeared. But um, mm-hmm. you know, he may have these characteristics that are not so out of whack. But then what again, like make- they're still they're still oh. surprised by how he's acting. So I don't know. What do you make of the green flash? <laughs> Look like Tinkerbell, right? Yeah, I don't know if that's just like. I don't. I don't know what you know. Do you he he that, didn't. He didn't see the like the red room over his head, like he did at the. Because when I saw that red, when, when they did the red room thing in the casino, I'm I, I'm going like, does has he have some kind of powers? Is this David Lynch's way of manifesting? I mean, there's with this, I thought, oh, maybe this is a sign of just a visual abstraction of Cooper's. Um, what's the word I want to use? His intuition yeah uh because he was always good back on the old show at telling whether people were lying or not yeah and i thought maybe this was an abstraction to show that but with the whole uh, with the whole uh, jackpot thing that would just seem like a superpower it, it reminded me of like the first episode the pilot where he's like he says to bobby you're lying or something like that like doesn't he say that he yeah. says you're lying yeah um mm-hmm. I yeah, just, I don't uh, know. I there's a if you YouTube Josh Fadum, there's a there's a great collection of him doing pratfalls on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not joking. It's unbelievably well, that's funny. That's awesome. He was really great. He really he actually like helped the scene. Um, yeah, he was in he one of the shows we did in L.A. with Charlene Yee, who yeah. has yet to show up on the show. No. Um, but one of the at one of the shows we did, he was in that show. Josh Fadum, oh, cool. uh, he played a referee when <laughs> when Charlene was boxing somebody, and uh, he was like he was just incredible. Yeah. So there's also this assistant who's kind of like a hot girl who seems to have finally got up the the guts to let him make out with her. Apparently, he's been asking to make out with her. Yeah, and uh, she does it when he he's like holding his it. he's like holding his pee. It's so. I couldn't care less about this office. Um, so I was, I, I was excited that there were a lot of other cool things that happened. In this what episode. about the, this stat- for me was what about the, the statue? Like, so like, you know, I don't know. I can't tell like why he's relating to it. I can't okay. tell. I can, let me say two things again before okay. the sh- before the Sean ruins it. Um, I think that the statue reminds him of Sheriff Truman. Okay. Because hmm. it kind of looks like Sheriff Truman a little bit, and he's holding a gun. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think he reminds him of Sheriff Truman. Secondly, why am I, uh, I going to ruin it? Because I thought you were going to say that first, and then I, the one good theory I have on no, this episode I wasn't be gone. Gonna, I wasn't going to say that at all. Uh, and then there was a moment like that. We were talking about that 80s movie where he has coffee and he's back to normal. Yeah. I thought there was going to be that moment when the his boss says he's an agent or whatever. Yes. And Dougie yeah. goes, agent. I thought yes. it was going to be like, oh, he's going to click back, but no. That's what I was thinking, too. That's what I was saying. Like, <sighs> I thought John was on to something because there's a few times where I thought that was going to actually happen. Yeah. Do you think he can click back? Like, no, does the other I don't guy think, have to die for him to click back? I don't think at all he is like getting better. You know what <sighs> I mean? It doesn't seem like he's getting better. Right now, I just want Mr. Mayor from Portlandia. That's all I want. So the thing <laughs> I've about seen the- him be Agent Cooperish <clears throat> on uh, so many other shows, the the Portlandia, mm-hmm. um, 
on uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He channels that a bit. Uh, he was on How I Met Your Mother for like two years. Yeah, yeah the captain. The captain. Yeah, he was the captain. Dude, yeah, can like, we, <laughs> like, my only wish is like, so this is ep- this is part five. We get 18 of these. Like, can we at least have half of them with Cooper back? Like, let's take yeah, this another four a, episodes. I, I've said, like, I can maybe take one or possibly two more. But I but can't, it's, yeah, it's I can't do the whole, like, holding his pee. So yeah. one thing that someone posted online was um, the the statue looks like there's a movie, and it's the movie that in the, like, I think it's the book, the My Life, My Tapes, he talks about he had on his wall. If they went that far back to do that, that's awesome. And like really paying like lip service to like the craziest fans. But it's like a I don't remember the name the name of the movie, but it's like that that statue is like the cover of the movie is like the poster. Mm. Um I maybe that's it. He's touching the shoes, I noticed, which is like we know that he didn't his shoes didn't make it through. Like does he is that a thing? I don't know. At the end of it, you know, when he's just like standing there and he's yeah. just like touching his shoes. Um, yeah. But yeah, it could, that could be back. a representation of him. You know, like he's the lawman with a gun. Because um, we know he was a really good shot. Yeah. I don't know. Either dude. give me more Tom Sizemore or don't. But I mean, Tom Sizemore was great. Great. Um, I haven't got. I mean, I just need a scene between Matthew Lillard and Tom Sizemore. That's all I need. How about a scene with Ernie freaking Hudson, Dallas? Yeah, that was I great. loved that. I so, like, let's that. talk about that because apparently, uh, okay, I wrote this down. In 25 years, there have been 16 hits on Major Briggs's prints showing up. So, what the f does that mean, John? What does it mean? I I don't have a clue, but I thought. <laughs> Man, you're you're really like they just keep doing more Briggs. Yeah. It's like all the all the people that are alive get no screen time, but all the actors who are dead are now the most important. Well, unfortunately, like some of the major threads. the most major people died. Like we know Frank Silva obviously was like you know a huge part of the show, and they had attended I think intended for Major Briggs to be a big part of whatever season three was going to be back then. So. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. and I know that they went back to those notes to like for this this season. But I love that they didn't. Um, I have to say, there's something really exciting for me about. Uh, I mean, when you look at other shows where an actor leaves because their contract was bad, or they got arrested, like lost, where people just kept getting arrested, <laughs> or um, you know, some other show where uh, somebody died or whatever, and they just kind of, they write that character out, and then they're gone. Yeah. And I, I love that they are trying to not make these people who have been lost any less important and yeah. you know, they may, Major Briggs may still be alive in this uh, version sure. of Twin Peaks. Who knows? And same with some of these other people. But I feel like he's not, and I'm afraid that that's his body that, that they have ripped open in the beginning of the episode. Oh, you um, think? See, do, do you, but did you think that was the same body from the bedroom with the girl's head on it? It's supposed to be. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So, and then the, it's worth noting that they found they found Dougie's ring. Yes. 
Yes. I don't know. I assume that was Evil Coop setting him up. Yeah. I thought that Evil Coop probably did this murder. Um, so that so you think that that was a like I think that Evil Coop insurance killed, policy say in case he didn't I get that, hit. Well, the other thing is, I don't. I wouldn't say that it's Major Briggs, and here's why. Well, I could be wrong. My initial thought is Major Major Briggs has been missing for 25 years. Yeah. So, but I thought I thought he died. Like when they say that, I would imagine they had like no, he disappeared. He died. They said they don't. They don't know. No, what Bobby. Happened to him. Bobby says he died in the fire the day after he met oh, with Cooper. That's right. That's he does right. say well, that. So go. in my head, he like they found bones or something or right. dental. So dental why records. would it be made Briggs' body? In well, that's why, and that's why he says, "Well, this has got to be fake. This has got to be a false alarm." And then he says, "If it's not, we have to contact the FBI." So, but yeah, the 16, 16 hits in 25 years is like, so either somehow Cooper is like been able to like clone him or he's somehow faked his prints. I don't know. I guess like fake fingertips. I don't know, dude. I, I'm lost. Hmm. Um, and like Dallas, it's a little like frustrating, but I have to watch, you know, well, like, like I wasn't going to watch anyway, but anyway. Um, so we had that scene, and then what else? Oh, this was also the show where we watched um, TP, Tamara Preston, stare at fingerprints for what felt like eight minutes. And she stares at a... <laughs> she stares, and then they just cut away. We're like, like, it was so long that my wife and I are like, Two minutes ago is when the guy walks up behind her and she explains what she just figured out. <laughs> or like, where's the part where she goes and raises her eyebrow? She at and, the and at the very out. end, it's really subtle. You see her kind of like, huh? Do that look, and you're like, okay, but what? Right. I feel I feel like she just kept. I, if he would have, if they would have like just filmed it interesting, I just didn't know why that scene had to. By exist. the way, this is in the same episode as the driving on coke scene and the awesome you know i want to make my phone call scene like there's just it's so many highs and lows in part five when Um, she was at the computer i just kept thinking she was saying enhance enhance (laughs) (laughs) hey um this is totally off topic dallas but did you watch the comey testimony this morning uh, no, see- I was I was following it on Twitter, but I what, didn't watch what it. What does it say about me that I just kept picturing the part from PCU where he's like, "I didn't, I didn't exhale." <laughs> the part with John Favreau that just that says a lot about my political nature. Um, if you haven't watched PCU lately, I recommend doing that. We're going to be doing a I PCU don't know podcast. That I've never seen it. Oh. Yeah, there's a great yeah. If you're looking for a great Comey hearing companion piece, watch PCU. PCU. One Christmas, one Christmas, Dallas and I both got each other PCU, uh, like a, as a bl- like a blind Christmas gift. It was it meant something. It was important. Don't be that guy. Friendship, true yeah, friendship. Dude. Yeah, I thought it was funny that Tam- Tammy Preston was looking at like a screenshot from episode two, also of Cooper. Like it wasn't. Yes. It wasn't like a that, like FBI photo. It was like from an episode of Twin Peaks. Well, no, no. I'll tell you what it is. So, like when this is. So this is when Twin Peaks was just over, and I was newly obsessed with it. 
my friends and I would go to Hollywood because there was not an internet to look at pictures. We'd go to inter- we'd go to Hollywood and go to these like movie memorabilia shops and yeah. they, they would have promo pics and some of them were signed. And that's a promo pic from <laughs> Twin Peaks. I have that exact picture with <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin's signature on it. Oh, that's amazing. Um, which again is so dumb. Like if you met Kyle McLaughlin and he signed your photo, that's one thing. But like if you just buy it from some dude in Hollywood, like he probably just sits in the back and John signs all the photos. I really want to take a photo of you at a desk holding that photo. Like Tammy <laughs> Preston. I'll I'll see if I can dig it up uh, before this podcast. We have ends. that's that's gonna be our new profile photo. Is you looking at it? <laughs> By the way, she's like really into him, right? She's like the way she's looking at him. She's like, hmm. maybe. So know. wait, I, speaking of being into Agent Cooper, I'm totally. Is there any other scenes we need to talk about that we haven't talked the, about yet? The only thing that I think was worth mentioning was I lo- like the scene with uh, Naomi Watts where he has this moment where he's like staring at their son and he's crying. Oh, and he's crying. And she's like, "You're <laughs> yeah. acting weird as shit." <laughs> Which is so funny. Instead of like, oh, that's like, there's something wrong with her, right? Like, yeah. as much as much as there's something wrong with him, like she's not okay either. Yeah, we're skipping yeah. a few things. Like, there's the 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 Belushi scene where they they come in. So these two yeah, guys. Yeah, I have no interest in that. Like, why do we yeah. need to see that? Like, I, who, how dare you skip Belushi? I just don't appreciate that at all. He was great. He, he was, was great. I thought I actually thought Robert Nepper, who I liked, his was, performance was really Canada. good. <laughs> I I like Robert. I like Robert Nepper. I thought he was great in this. Um, but yeah, we the, like we knew someone was going to come in because Breck Elman's character goes, "Oh, I'm dead." You know, so those guys come in with the, like the, the the very Lynch three girls in like the showgirls costumes, just like sitting against the wall. Um, yeah, actually, because it it drove it drove Julie, my wife Julie, crazy. Like, what are those girls doing there? Why do they keep cutting to them? I'm like, it's, that's the most interesting part just, of it. Otherwise, it, it's just another gangster movie. Yeah. Like, why would they specifically bring them in to watch? I don't care if it means anything, but I I did enjoy that. I'm like I'm so lame and I like hate bullies so much that I sit through scenes like this and I just go, Well, why can't he just call the cops? Like, why can't he just sue them because they beat the shit out of him at his own job? Like, why why is why does he have to take it? Because John you know? have John, have you been to Vegas? I have been to Vegas, um, but you've never been—you've never been to Vegas. Been to Vegas, <laughs> John. Let me tell you about the mafia. Um, <laughs> they don't get along with the cops very much. And Empire Records, so that's <laughs> <sweet>. yeah, <laughs> three Las Vegas. By the way, I would love if David Lynch directed a mobster movie that would be amazing this might this might be it because i feel like these guys are going to be a part of this show well is lost highway kind of a mobster yeah movie? yeah yeah, yeah. Ro- uh, robert loggia yeah robert loggia is of like full full gangster there and He's then like the, the man in black is like the best henchman of all time robert loggia has the best line in any david lynch movie of all time when he goes you like pornos give you a boner 
There's never been Robin a better Logia. There's never been a you're better line. Yeah. You like yeah. pornos? <laughs> give you a Does boner. Give you a boner. <laughs> if I was David Lynch, I would just throw that line in everything he directed just at some point. It's like just like playing a greatest hits record. Um, what if at the end of this series, now this is an honest question, what if at the end of this series just all the characters from all of his movies met at like a dude, crossroads? I wouldn't doubt it. I feel like, yeah. what, what is that like? They all uh, go to like the Silencio Club and they're all just sitting in the audience <laughs> crying. Yeah. They're just, just all there all together. The is dancing on stage. <laughs> Sorry, was while it, the little person. Wasn't okay. Wasn't wasn't Mulholland Drive originally supposed to be like Audrey? Wasn't that supposed to be Audrey, like a spinoff? And that was supposed to be Audrey who goes to L.A. Uh, I have no I idea. Have I don't know. That, but that that's a great idea. Yeah. So Dallas. <laughs> Okay. All right. God God does not want this podcast to happen. So let's just Dude. wrap up quick. We the only thing we didn't really talk about we talked about a little bit was the scene with Cooper and the phone call. And um so we know from the last episode that Gordon Cole tells the warden to make sure he gets his phone call. And uh he does get his phone call and when he does uh he types in like it seems like a hundred numbers, right? I loved actually. I'm going back to Gordon Cole's line from that episode yeah. where he says, "Give him his private phone call, and then I want to hear all about it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> do you think Gordon knew that something like that would happen? No, I don't think. I mean, I don't. I don't. Think I don't so. either. I'm just asking. I think he was hoping to get some information, but no one got any. I think it's worth like the whole. I, Dallas, I didn't say worth noting. By the way, the whole you thing to so bad, so bad. So the he knows the warden or knows enough about the warden that when he makes that comment about Mister Strawberry, the warden's like, "What is?" What are you talking about? Like he He's knows. Like, How did he know I was a Mets fan? <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that's somebody the warden knows. Like he somehow knows. Yeah, yeah. So what he is? Knows things he shouldn't know. Yeah. Um. But that whole thing, whatever he does to the phone, he, in, we saw him download all the schematics from um from the FBI site for that prison. So he sets off some sort of. You know, crazy alarm system. He's allowed to make that phone call to what we think is that box in Buenos Aires um, that we didn't know it was in Buenos Aires in the beginning of the episode when they show it. Now we know it's there. So again, our tie to Buenos Aires is Philip Jeffries. There's some sort of kind of ability to transport from maybe the lodge or wherever to there. It made me think of the box in New York, like that. There's these places you can go. Um, but it was a really cool scene for whatever the you know, when he says the cow jumped over the moon. I don't know what that means in regards to you know what's happening here, but um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was really cool mm. to watch, but there's a lot going on that I I don't have answers uh, for. Nobody does, Sean. Nobody yeah. does. 
I wondered if the cow jumped over the moon was, I don't know why I thought this, but had something to do with him letting his people know that um, his plan is working. It seems like his plan is working. Yeah. Uh, you know, either that means that Cooper is now where Dougie is or that he is still there. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I'm still curious about like the whole my what I, my thought was that with the prison he was supposed to he was gonna go there to get that whatever information he he okay God does not want us to finish this podcast my computer keeps stopping so I think from here on I'm I'm we're just gonna call it we're gonna call it a podcast and I apologize to everyone so next time oh is it working it's working now yeah. right now. Yeah, oh, okay. but but enough I, for us to say goodnight. I think. I think. Okay. <laughs> well, next time, tell me about your theory about the horrible smoker in the roadhouse. Well, yeah, that's the one thing is that people are talking about. His last name is Horn, so his name is Richard Horn. So is he is he Audrey's kid? Could he have been Ben's kid? You know, I don't know. Ben and Audrey's kid. Oh, awful. Boy. Um before well, my computer like I made that storyline up. Before my computer decides thought, to shut off again though, we should say uh we should say goodnight. I'm sorry guys. I just I can't I can't keep up the charade with this What if it's Jerry Horn's kid? Ten. It could be Jerry Horn's kid. Here yeah. okay, here's here's what I'm gonna leave you all on. What if it's Donna Horn's kid? Oh Donna and James's kid. Now that because Donna is really because Donna would have changed her name or yes, when she found out she was Ben Horn's kid. And we all know, as I've been saying now for 35 episodes of this podcast, Donna is the fiercest killer in Twin Peaks. What if it's Evelyn Marsh's kid? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for listening. That was part five. I can't wait to watch part six and talk to you guys about it. Um, Father's Day is coming up. I might be getting a new computer. I hope so. Um, That's a. I, I might be getting a necktie. Can I get your kids? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm gonna get like a piece of paper that says Happy Father's Day in crayon. Yeah, yeah. I might get a drawing of a new computer. <laughs> that's probably. By the way, that's probably still what I'm getting. So the podcast will still be edited and chopped up into a million pieces. Um, but I love you guys. I'm sorry that technology sucks. And I had fun talking about Twin Peaks, the return part five. And, um, Dallas, when are you doing stand up again? Oh man. When are you, when is this coming out, Sean? Tomorrow, uh, Friday, the the ninth, Friday, the ninth. I'm doing a stand-up show tonight at the Madhouse in in downtown San Diego. Two shows, seven thirty, nine thirty. Hey, I got some good news for you. You want to know who's going to be at those shows? Who? My dad. What? Yeah, my dad's in town. He goes, "Hey, let me know if Dallas is doing stand-up tomorrow." And I was like, "I'll ask him tonight." Oh, that would be amazing. Can Jim, you? I, yeah, Jim O'Donnell. I'll put him on the there. list and, yeah. and whoever else. Yeah, you will. Oh, man. So anyways, that night and then the next night, Saturday the 10th, I'm doing a secret show called The Bad Bad Show. Okay. Uh, It's at a house, and you have to get tickets to it uh, to get in. So you can go to uh, Facebook and just type in The Bad Bad Show. Where is is that at? It's in San Diego. I know, but we're in San Diego. 
I, it's a secret. I don't know. I'm, I'm not lying to you. I, I, I asked once and I already forgot. Oh. Uh, but it's not listed where it's at. Like you have to go and RSVP and then you get the address. Okay. Apparently it's very fun and there's a lot of free drinks. Cool. So. Okay. So come out. I'm going to be in oh, San Diego. Oh, and then wait, hold on. Sorry, way, this, can I promote this, this? Yeah, what? The Kept Faith podcast. Tuesday. Tuesday, we're doing a live Kept Faith podcast, which is the San Diego sports podcast that Sean is a, a guest on sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're doing that at the Whistle Stop Bar in, in uh, South Park at 730 uh, our guests are uh, Woods from uh, radio here in San Diego, Stephen Woods, Chris Kate, San Diego City Councilman, and uh, Craig Elston, the voice of the San Diego Gulls. Will I'm be actually there as well. I'm gonna be I'm gonna try to be at that. So that'll be a, a dish in the percolator meet and greet. We'll be there. John, John are you in out. town, Sean? Yeah, I'm gonna be in town this next week. Uh, Oh, okay. Is that Tuesday, did you say, Dallas? Yeah, Tuesday, 7.30. I will not be able to come. Okay, great. (laughs) Um, But can I plug my thing? The reason I won't be able to come is because we're starting to rehearse um, my 90s pop culture show called Pump Up the Volume, a 90s palooza. Um, Details are on sdmt.org. If you want to see Agent Cooper talk to you live on stage about Generation X and hear the Twin Peaks theme played by a live band, this is the show you should check out. And then I have a new announcement is we are doing a um, sort of comedy, rock and roll, cabaret, somewhere between parody and the real thing of theater uh, called Danger Zone. The music, Top Gun, live on stage. That's awesome. Uh, we're doing Top Gun. We're, there's going to be volleyball, short shorts, sweat, <laughs> and all the good lines and songs from Top Gun and other 80s movies of that time, like Karate Kid and um, Iron Eagle, stuff like that. Dude, sweet, man. Just uh, let me know when callbacks are, John. That sounds great. Awesome. <laughs> you can be stinger. Good, you can good be stinger answer. Or viper. Good answer. Good answer, John. <laughs> Come on. That's I just awesome. don't know. Come on. I'm already being. Uh, Jester's dead. Who's dead? Jester's dead. Well, uh, I definitely want to see both of those shows, John, you're working on. And Dallas, my dad's going to come see you do stand up. Well, we'll talk more once you stop recording. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna try to come out on Tuesday, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll find some time next week to dish the percolator. Again, follow us on Twitter at Percolator Pod. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us a review. Oh, thanks, guys. Love you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Talk to you next week. Bye. Mm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? 
Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mmm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.